Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Game by Show podcast. Guys, it's Christmas Eve. 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 <laughs> yes. Uh, for those who are counting, that means December 22nd. Indeed. Uh, it's Sunday, guys. It's Sunday, but uh, it's like we're, we're still prepping for our game bitees. Therefore, Jeremy and I, well, we're going to talk about games. Because yeah. that's, that's what we're going to do today. Because we're, we're, we're going to throw everyone off. That's what we're going to do. But mo- more importantly, it's what you want, listener. We know it's that's what right. you want. I do have to um, give a shout out to my friend Jesse. She texted me this morning and said, "Hey, I got the Wook and Panub reference." <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> uh, so, okay, well, open up the vault, I guess, and yeah, make it she's rain. Like that's she's like that's one of my favorite Saturday Night Live commercials. That's awesome. That's what she told me it, it is in fact Eddie Murphy as Buckwheat on Buckwheat Sings for Saturday Night Live. Wookin pun up. You know that I gotta say too. That is something that is lost from from culture these days. Is the commercial with like the ten CDs of? No, they still have them. Do they really? Yeah. Sometimes I'll be at the gym and they'll just have random TV stations on, and I'll see those type of commercials. And I'm like, who the hell are buying CDs? <laughs> and they're like legit selling CDs of music of you know various types. It's like the Con- Conway Twitties top 100. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know who, and I don't know why. Uh, I guess you know. I guess it makes sense that people from older generations don't understand digital music. They they are just getting on to CDs, Legrand. Do not throw them off. <laughs> it used to be cassette tapes before hey, that. Hey, you're was... the one with the the 500 vinyl record deep collection <laughs> that's true that, there, that's so. coming back around we're gonna see old people my old people my age when i'm when i'm old people uh that's gonna be hot just wait just wait well i think we should jump right in yeah we've got, a, we've got a, a good show for you tonight we do uh we're gonna talk about some video games that we've been playing and i think i'm gonna start it off because uh jeremy's got something really thick and yeah. chunky it to is. chew into a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to play... I've been playing a game that we've talked about before on the podcast, but this is a game... Actually, Jeremy played it before. This is Star Control Origins. Yeah, and genuinely uh, between you and I, I think it really is more for you to to sort of dissect this and, and to really talk about it. I, I was more of the appetizer, but Legrand here is the entree. Yeah, Jeremy bought this uh, just because he wanted to support the developers that got their game removed because of the dudes that sued them or whatever. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, anyway, so Star Control Origins is a game and uh, was claimed to be the spiritual successor to Star Control 2. Uh, Star Control 3, everyone forgot about or didn't like. I actually didn't care for it. So, so let me ask you this. So just to stop you right out the gate. So does that mean that this shares in co- – is, is there like a J.J. Abrams Star Trek forking timeline here where, where <laughs> both this and Star Control what, – what would it be? Two, uh, three share a common – like beginning point or is that overthinking? Uh, I think that um, Star Control 3 is the uh, well, Star Control Origins is technically a prequel to the whole thing. Hmm. That's why okay. it's called Origins. Okay. <laughs> it's yeah. when they're still making Star Control. In fact, at the beginning of the game, you don't have like hyperspace technology, right? That's true. Um, That's you true. get that from the Taiwan. Yeah, you have next, to within the first like what 30 minutes of the game. Yeah, you have to putter around your own boring solar system for a few minutes. Yeah. Um, so I will say one thing, and I don't want to. I don't want to get too deep into. I don't. We don't need to talk too much about the game. But I will okay. say that um, I have played. Let me look at my. Let me look at my stats. I have played five hours of this game, which is okay. probably four hours more than Jeremy's played. No, it's respectable. I've 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 gone all right. I've I've gone into it. You've, right. you've played two hours total, according to Steam. Okay. 
So I played <laughs> double the two hours that Jeremy's put into this game yeah. I've played. Okay. Um, and I have to say that this game, uh, I, I don't know. There's something about it where I don't think it's very good. <laughs> okay. However, however, Jeremy, okay. I really like it uh, because it feels exactly like Star Control 2 felt. And Star Control 2 is one of my all-time favorite games. It's the probably the most nostalgic game you could ever put in front of me is a Star Control game. Huh. Star Control Origins, a game like Star Control 2, it's one of the most nostalgic things. I have the, some of the best memories ever playing video games, playing Star Control 2, and this game feels just like Star Control 2 from top to bottom. It's it's that game. So so it's, the developer achieved what they set out to do then. I 100%. I, I respect that. I mean, of of anything that you can say about a game, if a developer ended up making the game that they wanted to make whether you like it or not, I think that is worth that is worth commenting. And on. and the thing is is like um and that's why I say that I think in this day and age Given all the advancements we'd made in video game technology and storytelling and gameplay and everything else, this game is, it's not a very good, <laughs> it, it, like, like if, if you were coming to this game fresh, right. no, not knowing anything about Star Control, it would just feel kind of, a little I clunky. Know, you, you'd have to, you have to really get into the uh, characters and the story to actually. Yeah, care. like the, the substance, it's a little bit insubstantial yeah, as a the, whole. The gameplay itself is a little boring, um, but that's because. Well, back in 1993, That's what we, had and we, liked it. <laughs> we loved them no matter what you threw. If you threw something in front of me, for example, let's, let's talk about the, um, the, uh, driving around on the planet and collecting orbs of oxygen and helium and iron and man manganese and all that type of stuff. Right. That's like probably the most boring part of the game. And also a very, very essential part of the game because you need that stuff to be able to buy, to sell minerals, to get, uh, stuff for your ship, right? Right, right. Um, and it sucks, right? It's super, it's super sucky. There's like fire on some places, some places you can't even land on because your speeder's not good enough. But yeah, you have I, to do it. I think I compared and, it to the Mako on uh, of, uh, but worse somehow. Right, right. They try to yeah. do the thing though when you're landing, like aim it into the like you're sort of facing the planet down. Yeah, the and, and, gates until down. you buy that autopilot that just lets you land. Did yeah. you buy that? No, I, yeah, I know anyway. I did not. So, so here's this. So, so Star Control Two. I'm just going to compare this to Star Control Two, so you can understand okay. where they were trying to do. Star Control okay. Two. They had they basically made a 2000 or a 1993 version of this. Which means that when you drop down onto a planet, it was a little square grid about, I don't know, that big. Uh -huh. I don't know how to explain it. Uh, maybe like six inches by Yay three inches. Big. Yeah. Square, right? Uh -huh. And you would drop down on it. It'd be a little 2D overview. And you would drive this dumb little ship around. And you would collect minerals. And then you would skate off. Like you would just go back into orbit. And sometimes right. there was monsters on there. Like little, that are represented by little, I don't know, little small, I don't know. I don't know. It, it was not very detailed at all, and it was really boring. However, when you found that planet that had lots of minerals, like you were super stoked because you right. knew you'd be able to go back and sell those. And I kind of felt the same way with this game when I was exploring. Like I, I hated doing it. It's like the dumbest part of the game. It feels really boring and rudimentary. And it's it's uh you have to like drive around this orb. It's, it's like think picture uh Super Mario Galaxy, right? Yeah. Uh -huh. And you're kind of running around this like you're driving around Mars. But Mars is like, you know, the size of an orange. Right. It's, it's very, very small. With, with lots of geographic features, like riverbeds and stuff. But then you have to climb over them with physics. Yeah. Or, and you also get, the, or you get a jump thrusters for your thing. Yeah, that's true. I, I ended up upgrading my thing where I could like actually land on hot planets and land on poisonous planets. And anyway, 
um, the other side is like the uh, the actual dialogue, like all the stuff with the talking to to the um, to other species that you encountered. I probably encountered maybe eight different species mm-hmm, of different mm-hmm, types. Mm-hmm. Uh, some were angry with me, some weren't, and some I made friends with, and others I did not, and some I just you know shot them on sight. And all of that felt very, very much like Star Control 2. Right. And quite honestly, that is probably the best part of this game is uh, just the dialogue. And I, I found I found myself being a very, very snarky uh, space captain. I was always choosing the options just to kind of try to just be a, just be a dick to everyone that I met, you know, because humanity, right? Right. I mean, yeah, that's, that's basically where we're at. That's what we do. Um, yeah. And so, uh, like, I, I got the achievement to make the Taiwam cry because I told oh, him he, like, no. sucked or something. I always accommodated <laughs> the Taiwam. I love the Taiwam. I was, I was no, like, no, it's all I right, didn't accommodate anyone. I, I, and I can't remember exactly how I made him cry, but I remember... You know, it popped up. I'm like, oh, I guess, you know, that's just a thing. But I, apparently if I would have been nicer to him because Jeremy didn't get that. Because mm-hmm. this was like the very first Taiwan guy you talked to. Right. Um, but they're all basically the same, which is which actually they make a joke yeah. about that <laughs> in the game, too. I, I really find the the writing for this game to be charming and also the delivery, like the voice acting. Like yeah. you said, it is it is far and away the best. Um, there, the voice acting is really good. And and, and the uh, first uh, and so Star Control 2 came out. It did not have voice acting. However, the game was re basically remade. It wasn't remade, but they like uh, remastered it to call I believe it's called the Urquan Masters you can download it for free like anywhere oh yeah uh, but they, they added voice um, like actual voice dialogue to the entire game uh, and it made it like you know that much better which is you know this game art obviously has that right everything's voice acted like every single line is voice acted in this game there, there is a third side to this game which we haven't talked about which is the flying around these type stuff Ah uh, yes, which is identical to Star Control too. You basically right. are in a you're in a uh, in a solar system like right. our solar system. Two D top and down. Two D two D top down. You're in a little spaceship that is your ship, and you happen to have docking bays on your ship that will house uh, spacecraft uh, of different types that you'll get from your allies, or you'll find on like a planet or something. And you basically carry around a Starfleet on your huge ship. And when you get into combat, then you will attack with one of those. But you're as you are, you're traveling around, you're finding planets, you're going down on them, you're exploring them, you're finding, you know, different things, you're finding like relics and artifacts and um, ruins and things like that. And then once you kind of drive out of the uh, um, solar system, then you engage your hyperdrive, which allows you to travel quickly between solar right. systems, basically. And then you're basically in a another top down view, except like for all the solar systems map. are. Yeah. yeah, you're like a universe map, which is um, when you actually view the whole map, you'll see where kind of like in like a civilization style, you'll see where the different races and where their their space is. Right. So if you go into their territory, you're more likely to run into roving um, spaceships of that of that race that actually inhabits that sector of space. Right. So then you drive around and you find other um, other places to go and other solar systems and you get into them, you explore them. You may come into in contact with other alien species or enemy aliens or, and you either fight them or you talk them down. And, uh, and you kind of learn the interrelationship of the races to one another, right? Like some of them are friends with the, the main antagonist race and some of them are subjugated and, and, and those kinds of things. So you were, you were talking a little bit earlier about meeting them and kind of deciding if you're going to be a jerk or, or whatever, but you can sort of choose that. Like you can befriend, or, or maybe try to befriend different races. There are some like you can't you can't make friends with the bad guys. I I presume like the guys with the three ears. Did you come across those dudes? Uh, three ears. I don't think I did. There were there were the people <laughs> who were. Um, I came across the guys who were like the water guys who were like enslaved or something. And yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, I solved all that. Those guys are my bros now. Oh yeah, nice. Um, there's a race called the Drenkind, and uh, the they're basically like the dumb uh, meathead bully race, or like the uh, 
you're a, they're a, they're the thug race for the main bad guys. Right. They're they're like the uh, crab and goyle of the. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. that. And so the funny thing is, is like they're kind of stupid and they don't really know what they're doing. And so the scribe gave all of them like this fake ear. So they have like this fake <laughs> ear that's like stuck to the side of their head. And they're like, we kill anyone who doesn't have three ears. And you'll come across like other races of people that are um, also like friends with the bad guys. And they also have that fake ear. And then you're you're like, well, what if I just put on a fake? Yeah, ear? and then the- <laughs> you, you, like, you like have these conversations. So the the writing's like really funny. The, the writing can- is very self aware. Like it's the kind of thing you would ask. Like, well, what if I just put on an ear? And then the game asks that. And and then you're like, he's like, well, I would know you put it on. Therefore, I'd know you still had two ears. You know, and it's like, but your ears fake. Clearly, he's like, it is not. And, then, <laughs> and so it's uh, yeah, it's it's a pretty funny game. And stay yeah. and, like, and like I said, that part stays true to the Star Control two like. Star Control 2 was exactly that. It was funny, uh, good writing, uh, humorous, um, a lot of fun. Uh, and then the other thing we haven't really talked about is the combat itself, which is... More top-down. Uh, top-down, and you yeah. drive a bunch of different spaceships that have... Uh, you basically have, like, an energy meter, and then you have, like, a, a crew meter, which is your health. And uh, each of these different spaceships you might get have different abilities. You have a, a regular fire and an alt fire, which is, again, identical to the way Star Control... Uh, two played. The only thing that they added in this game that is a little bit different is they add like um little uh like power ups you can pick up th- while you're while you're fighting. Um, other than that, the combat is literally identical except yeah. we have different ships because they didn't have the rights to the actual Star Control two ships. Like which I guess right. they did get. Uh, so they're going to be putting some of that into this game, which is kind of cool. Um, but I found that the ships that I did play with had very very had lots of similarities to Star Control to the ones ships. that were there. Yeah, they were just a little bit differently designed right. <laughs> and the races of course are all different so overall I, I think that it's a it's an okay game i think if you can get it on sale just to kind of check it out and see if it's your type of adventure game um because that's what i would equate i, it to I was just gonna ask if you thought because i was thinking like adventure like the best parts the writing the the terrestrial stuff is kind of not great the top-down 2d stuff is like passable i almost wonder what if they had revamped this i mean i know that it would like the the star control people would be up in arms but what if they what if they made it something that was that would focus you in more on the dialogue and avoid all the rest of that stuff. What if they made it like FTL or something with encounterable races where you would just get to enjoy the writing, but then the gameplay was more like something completely different? What would, what would you well, say the, to the that? The funny thing is in this game is you can actually have, you can actually, the combat can be completely controlled by AI. So if you want to play that way, you can just play that way. And if you want to like say, I'm going to go to this solar system and then hit autopilot and it'll just fly you there automatically. Mm-hmm, then you mm-hmm. do all the dialogue. And then if you happen to get into a fight, you can just say, because it asks you every single time you get into combat, it's like, hey, do you want to let the AI fight this out? And if you say yes, then your spaceship is just controlled by AI and then it fights it out for you. So you technically could play that way if you wanted to, I suppose. Mm-hmm. I haven't tried like actually doing that because I'm like, well. Yeah, like I'm not going to trust if, the if AI. I'm, if I'm going to sit here, I might as well, I guess, engage right. in the combat because you still have to watch it. If you, if you if walk you away that. and you come back and you lost, like, what? that's the worst. Like, damn it, yeah. I, I, well, the thing is, if you die, it's like, hey, do you want to try again? Like, sure, oh, I'll try yeah. again. And you just fight again. But the first time I actually got into combat, I accidentally clicked the uh, yes, I'll let the AI do their thing. Um, they should they just said it. Thing. Do you want to <laughs> auto win? Yes. Yeah, sure. Yes, I do. Yeah. Thank you for asking. Um, so, yeah. So I, I think the game, if you play Star Control 2, the game's uh, definitely is star control too, but in modern times, I guess, I mean, it's, it's different in that they just enhance the graphics basically. Right. It's uh, 
but the overall feel feels very much like that. So if that's what they're going for, which I think that's what it was, I did meet the one of the marketing guys at E3 a couple of years ago, and I was there and uh, talked to him for a while about the game. And he tried to show it to me. I'm like, cool, man. Like, I don't even want to see it. You already told me it's just like Star Control 2. And I'm here to say that they did exactly that. So Star Control Origins, get it on sale. Um, I, I if, if it sounds like it's your type of jam, if you like the adventure game and the, the dialogue like Jeremy, Jeremy and I both really liked, then pick it up. It's like I think it's only like fifteen bucks or twenty. If or if you were if you were you know ten or fifteen years old in the nineties, maybe this will be your jam. Anyway, yeah. um, yeah, ten bucks is probably a good price for this game. I'd yeah. for that. There you go. And that's it. That's what I played. Well, very good. Uh, well, you mentioned game feel, and you mentioned uh, a few things, and I want to try and segue it into this, but I'm not going to be able to. I'm going to talk about Death Stranding. Um, oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, there. How about that? Very similar uh, games. That was my that was my uh, Kojima style. I don't know what it was. Uh, now, Death Stranding, you would think, is going to be like a delicate thing to talk about, right? Because all we've had for the last, what is it, four years now, something like that, are some weird trailers, um, hints of things, crabs and whales and Norman Reedus and all kinds of baby things. Baby fetuses and ba- yeah, oil. Baby, yes, exactly. All Tar of or whatever. So here's, here's my immediate spoiler. That's, that's all basically about what it, the game is. Um, that's it. That's basically what they did. Um, so I'm going to talk to you not about story spoilers, but I'm going to kind of describe mechanically what this game is about. And I think it'll do you good. If you're, if you're a little nervous right now, like, Ooh, I don't want to know anything about Death Stranding. I think there are a few things that you, you do in fact want to know about Death Stranding. Uh, first of all, let's give it some points of comparison. Um, to me, it feels, well, a little bit like Metal Gear in some ways, but not, not a lot of ways. Um, a little bit like Final Fantasy 15, specifically Final Fantasy what? 15, and I want to talk about why. Uh, and then a little bit of maybe Dark Souls, something like that, but only in a very specific way. And I'll talk about why. So mostly to me, the vibe that I get out of it is Final Fantasy 15, but not in the sense of combat, not in the sense of story, but in the sense that uh, over the last four years, um, the, the new Koji Pro, uh, Kojima Productions, has been building essentially a very detailed and very sort of true-to-life environment, a, a world to walk around in. And that includes rocks and bushes and rivers and things like that. It kind of gives me, it, it very much gives me the same feeling that I got walking around or driving around in Final Fantasy 15. Um, looking over and seeing a river that like is rendered really cool and looks like a real river. Um, seeing terrain that looks plausible and real. Um, but then also the sense of scale is very kind of compressed. Uh, and we've talked about this before, I think, when it comes to MMOs and stuff, where it's like, well, you will go a day's journey to uh, Lordemore or, or some fictional town. And it's like, you know, it's like a good 10 minute jog. Ah, oh, the town of Lordemore. Yeah, whatever it is, you know. And the same thing is true here. And that's the sense I got in Final Fantasy 15, where it's like, OK, here's the garage. And then it's like, oh, we've got three towns like this whole continent is made up of like a, a capital city that you don't really get to walk around in um, a kind of a mid sized city that has a bunch of empty alleys in it and a fish market. And then and then the garage <laughs> that you start out in. And and the thing the thing about it is that, you know, there, there's kind of like a weird dissonance, because on one hand, it's like we want to build a, a place that's real. But on the other hand, so in, in in Death Stranding, the setting for the game is America. It is America post like the weirdest world ending events that that you, you could imagine. It just doesn't make any sense. And yet we still have a capital city that is made up of approximately like four big buildings and then like a little slum area or something like that. Um, and, and then, you know, 
periodically throughout the terrain, you've got like another little settlement that's a few buildings and 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 stuff that's underground. Um, and it's, you know, it's about a half hour walk away, you know, from Washington, D.C. to Ohio somewhere. That That's kind of what it's like. And and it just looks really good to walk around in it's a half an hour away. Yeah, something like that. And it shows on the map like, OK, now we're in like the the Midwestern region of the United States or something. I mean, it's about where Ohio is. Wait, is the world map the entire United States? Yeah. Yeah. So 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 the goal of the game. So um, let me see. How do I do this? So. Let, let me talk a little bit about the weird stuff, right? So whatever happened, this this big world ending event, um, things are weird now in America. Uh, and, and they're weird for a few reasons. Number one is the the rain rains down time. So if, if water touches you from the from the rain, it ages you. And there, there's a character uh, named Fragile, which I guess is like fragile, like a package. I don't know. Kojima comes up with some weird names anyway. And she was like submerged in this water. And so she's like all messed up. You find that out in the first couple minutes. Uh, and, and you are Norman Reedus and, and you play a character named, uh, I, I, I think it's Cliff, Clifton Carey or something. It's like Lifton Carey. I can't remember what it is. It's like, uh, Sam Porter Bridges. Sam Porter. Yeah. Porter. So he's a Porter. So, th- and the weird thing is, so there's this whole cockamamie story about how, oh, back in the days of technology, we were so focused on cell phones and drones that nobody ever had contact with anybody else. But now the people came who were going to be couriers and we worship them because they connected us. <laughs> and now, now that the world has, has ended, these people are like gods to us now. And so you play this guy and your entire, <laughs> so the entire premise of this game is you, Norman Reedus, carry this stuff from one place to another. That's it. The whole game is basically fetch quests. Now, it is kind of interesting in that, um, one, there's a little bit of an inventory management component to it where you every everything is a little bit like a Metal Gear style. So you actually walk around kind of a la Metal Gear. It has it has like weird, like slightly too inconvenient menu systems, a little bit like Metal Gear um, <laughs> to, to organize stuff on your back. It's like four menus and there's also like one auto sort menu. So you always use that. Um, but, but you basically load and every item is in this like little case. Like it looks like it would be spinning around on the ground in Metal Gear, you know, no matter uh-huh. what it is, everything is like in these little, these little boxes and you basically load them oh, up on rations. your back. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's like rations and like landmines and whatever. It looks just like that stuff. Um, but you load them up on your back, like improbably high. And it makes me kind of wonder if somewhere back in ancient Japan, they actually had couriers who were like lifting these giant vertical stacks of things on their backs. You can also load things on either leg and on either arm. So you can basically load yourself down and it could be a combination of stuff that you're supposed to carry stuff that you find out in the wild. I'll, I'll try and talk about that in just a second. And, and then, um, any tools that you, that you bring along with you or resources that you find, um, and the entire gameplay is basically walking around and trying not to fall over. And I'm not joking about that. So you basically have your two squeezy trigger buttons on the PlayStation, and that basically helps you to grab your suspender straps, your like backpack straps, and stabilize yourself one way or the other. So if you are loaded to one side or the other, you're going to start leaning to one side, and it's going to kind of drag you to one side as you walk. If you try and walk up an incline, it's really difficult. If you try and slide down a little bit, and, and the animations are all very convincing. You know, like walking up, you 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 know, there's effort. And you can like tell oh yeah this place is and actually you can even do scans like you know those weird flappy things on their backpacks those are like your scanners um that, oh, yeah. will, that will sort of show you the train so you can be like well this place is about a two percent grade and i don't really want to go up that so i'm going to go this straight way and and that's literally kind of the, the decision making that you that you have to make uh there is stamina meters wow, and actually riveting. Yeah, yeah so and your shoes wear out so you got to be careful about that too 
Uh, and I'm glad that you mentioned the riveting this because this game actually does. And here's where I think Kojima is is inserting himself as an auteur here. There is definitely a relationship here between gameplay and tedium. Uh, and he definitely is trying to communicate something through tedium. The thing is, I can't tell you what it is because I got too bored. So I don't know exactly what I don't know exactly <laughs> what what the, what his purpose was here. But for example, um, there are uh, musically some like really cool moments where you know as you start trundling off and it's real time walking, but the the camera starts to pull back and the the audio goes quiet and it and it like pulls up some some music from you know one of the various bands that that Kojima likes. Um, and it actually is very <laughs> convincing, like artistic little moment. It actually is really kind of enjoyable and you're you know it kind of breaks kind of like up the, the Reddit redemption the travel is yes forever yes that's that. exactly what it's like that's exactly what it's like and it actually comes across really quite well um but ultimately at the end of the day you're basically just like carrying a bunch of stuff now i i mentioned a couple of other games so that's the final fantasy 15 element is like the really well-developed terrain that is a little bit too compressed and you know you kind of start wondering about the infrastructure because apparently these cities are all self-sustaining but there's also like the internet but not really the internet but you can get likes for the things you do I, I don't know. I, it, it, I I stopped trying to figure it out. Um, and there's a whole story, you know, I don't even want to talk about the story. Like, I, it doesn't even make any sense. Um, well, but, welcome to Metal Gear. So let me talk about a couple of other things, though. Um, the, the, the scary, like, stuff floating in the air. So um, those ghosty guys are called BTs. They're um, bridged, uh, sorry, beached things, like a, like a death stranding, like whales and stuff beaching themselves. Oh, so like a the, death stranding. Perfect. Yeah, 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 exactly. You know, well, you know, do you know what a death stranding is? So it's like whales no. and stuff like massing, beaching themselves on mass. Like if you've ever heard oh. of like, oh, they found 50 whales or whatever. Like that's, is that a real thing? Yes, it is a real thing. Yeah, that's actually what that is. But then there's also this whole idea at the very beginning. It's like one of the, you know, the opening like uh, black card, you know, like here's the text that's supposed to be really meaningful at the beginning. And it talks about in the beginning of, of humanity, we had the stick and the rope and the rope would pull things to us that we really wanted and the stick would keep things back that we did not want and and i'm I, again i'm not joking about that like that is literally the opening card of huh. the game so so it the idea like the overarching idea is essentially about connections and trying to connect things together that, that have had their connections broken and there may be some like meta narrative about i don't know society or people playing video games or i don't i don't know what it's a little hard to, to grasp from that but anyway the, this world ending event not only rains down the time rain which is an actual thing in the game you actually can't be out in the rain or, or if you are out in the rain it starts to degrade the quality of the packages because if you fall over by the way if you don't grab your suspenders and stuff falls over it gets damaged and you get fewer points when you get to your destination oh um, man yeah and uh the, so the other thing is like these weird uh ghosty things those are those are bts beached things which they just call them bts um the babies are called bbs which are uh blast babies i think is what they are and there's a relationship between them and they, they even talk about how like well we don't know how they work or or whatever and i'm like okay great because that that's <laughs> Who really cares? Um, but but your BB, your your little baby, also it helps you to sort of be aware of those things. It like hooks into your pack, and then that flappy pack as you as you go. Um, sometimes you'll you'll go through terrain where BTs are, and your pack will like look at them and kind of go whack 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 whack. So you kind of know how far you are away from them, and you just don't want to get in their sights. There's a mechanic to hold your breath because apparently they will follow your breath. But if you hold it too long and you override, if you overrun the meter, then Norman Reedus goes, <gasps> and then of course they all come and find you. Um, and what happens if they find you? That's what I need to know. Great question. Great question. So um, I think I will talk about this. It's not it's you're going to you're going to have your chance with it. But um, so first of all, they will chase you. 
Um, and there's a whole thing in the story about how if if they catch you, like things will pull you up into the sky and it'll cause a big explosion, which is like a nuclear explosion. It like levels like at the beginning that the town that you're in like explodes or whatever. I don't know. In the game, if they catch you, <laughs> then everything starts turning into oily crap and you start to like slog down in it. And then weird stuff starts to chase you like oily whales come after you and like Cthulhu faces and like, uh, you know, more beached things, I guess. And you just have to kind of get away. And it's really kind of convincing and cool because if there's trees next to you they'll kind of get pulled in and kind of topple sideways and get sucked down into it rocks will start to like fall into it as well and they'll follow you and so this oily stuff you just kind of have to try and get your way out of it and most of the game is like that there's not really combat for quite a while in the game eventually you do get some combat items but they're more about evading people and you know kind of non-lethal like getting around things so they really are trying to get you to avoid conflict um and actually at those moments when those things do start chasing you it's it's actually really scary and convincing like those moments are almost worth you know maybe getting caught or whatever so there is as you go through some of that hostile territory and there are other humans out there like uh, mules they call them and and they're the guys remember at the beginning i said how the couriers became like gods to us those are guys Legrand, those are guys who became so obsessed with being couriers that now it's all they do and they're so obsessed with oh taking things gosh. and carrying things yeah this is real i i am not making this stuff up well would you tell me a little bit about because i know there's some sort of a multiplayer component yes to this. yes yes thank you so um that's where i mentioned the dark souls thing and there is kind of a limited dark soulsiness to it where you can leave messages just like in dark souls like oh this is the mountain you want to climb up don't go that way you can also leave things like ladders so um, one of the things you can ration up into your backpack and carry with you are things like ladders, um, zip lines. You can do uh, ropes and you can like put a little um, uh, a little client. What, what do they call those things? The um, spikes. You can spike the gravel and and, you know, repel your way down cliff faces and stuff like that. And other people can leave those. And you're things. wearing a backpack. Like this yes. Whole time. Yes. That's exactly yeah. right. So you, you kind of want to the whole find time that you're playing all the stuff you described. This all happens while you're carrying while you're carrying stuff. Yeah. Just like a giant, giant load of things. Um, and so, and, and it starts with the small scale, like you'll come across like, oh, here's a ladder that dude bro left. And you're like, oh, great. I give you likes, like, 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 and it like adds to his likes somehow, I guess. Uh, but then, uh, there are bigger things like bridges across rivers. Like it becomes like a real chore to try and get across some waist deep water. Um, so eventually you'll get, um, uh, bridges and you'll get, um, uh, roads and highways and things like that. Um, there are vehicles in the game that you eventually can, can get to, um, all kinds of things. And so basically what you're doing is you're sort of working with, as you make these connections, because ropes want to pull things to you and connect us all together, I, I guess. Oh, my dude. Yeah. Yeah. That's how now it is. Now you got me going. That's what it's all about. That's what that's like the hokey pokey. All right. Here, here's my big about. question. Okay. So the gameplay is walking back and forth from place to place with uh -huh. a pile of stuff yep. on your back. Yep. Where does all the story come in and how does, how um, does all the story, when is the, the story told i guess yeah the story missions? well a plan i tell you what think about it this way this is a kojima productions game so the so this the, the playable stuff is in between the sparse story elements so uh, you sparse know story elements well uh, sorry well sorry so the gameplay is sparse in between the 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 big story so basically you've got like a 30 minute cutscene, and then you might have one mission and then they're like oh we're glad you made it now we're going to talk all about the history of america and you know why where's the president now and what you know and then you like sit down and kind of let it go for another 20 minutes and and it 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 works like that so as far as i've done so far um it's mostly like after every mission you get to hear a whole lot of exposition about it um so so the story as as any good game would be is a combination of in between the playable sections and then also kind of 
uh, kind of when you're out in the field as well. So don't, don't worry, though. There's plenty of opportunity to hear all about the, the deep and, and broad lore of, stra- of uh, Death Stranding. Yeah. Well, I think you left me with more questions and answers, questions and answers. I, I mean, that's kind of where it should be, because the thing is, I, I don't think there's a lot more to it. I mean, it's mostly like if you, if you enjoy the Kojima style, if Metal Gear Solid 2 to you was like any any form of uh, you know complex and good storytelling you might really like death stranding um but you have to endure all of the literal fetch quests and literal you know it's like the opposite of assassin's creed or something where it used to be like you know hold down a trigger button and you will run over everything and it's way fun to be jumping and flipping and all kinds of things here it's like you better be squeezing these triggers as you descend this you know gentle incline otherwise you're going to fall over and pick up all your stuff again and that's death stranding i mean that's that's more or less it okay so the internet's and the world in general is very divisive on this game. Yeah. Some yeah. people really, really like it to the point where it's like game of the year material. Other people really hate it because of what you're describing sounds like horrible. Yeah. Horrible yep. times. Yep. Uh, where, do you, where do you fall on that spectrum? Uh, I probably lean more toward the it's no fun kind of thing. Like I... I, I appreciate no fun, but worth it because the story's interesting or no fun. I don't. Th- no I fun. think the story is like the least. <laughs> the story is not the payoff here. So you got to really like some fetch quests because that's the payoff. Like finding it interesting and and, you know, thinking like, oh, yeah, Hideo Kojima is doing some really interesting things with tedium and, and finding that to be your thing. Like that's where it's going to pay off for you. The story is a crock. Like it's I, I can't I I you know, I, I can kind of like, hmm, and, you know, stroke my chin a little bit and be like, yes, yes. But in the end, I am not really swallowing it. I, I don't get it. Um, so I guess it just depends. It depends on but whether you've you're... never finished a Metal Gear Solid game. Uh, no, I have finished several. I haven't finished Metal Gear Solid 3, though, or uh, onward from there. But but uh, you did one or one and two. You I did, did one and two. Yes, I did. Oh, okay. yep. And, you know, like, whatever, they're fine. I, I can appreciate him for making the things that he wants. And, and I think this is another situation where he made, I think, successfully the game that he wanted to make. But I think it's <laughs> on the downside, it's the game he wanted to make. So, you know, <laughs> so so be it. Um, and uh, Death Stranding, I noticed, is on some pretty good sales. Right now, it's both the winter sale on the PlayStation Network and the um, end of year sale. And I, I want to say it's 40 bucks. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So regularly, regularly 60 and down to, you know, 40, 45, something like that. And uh, I rented it at Redbox, which now you can't do anymore, by the way. Uh, Redbox, oh, I saw it. I noticed Yeah, that. Redbox got out of the game. I was actually so planning on renting this game from Redbox. Yeah, this, but... I would say this is definitely a rental. If you can find a way to, I, how can there's you no rent more rentals? Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think there's any way to do it anymore but i was so excited when they added rentals to redbox and now here's what you do here's the new rental watch someone play it for a few minutes and get you can get a sense from that if it's the kind of thing that you would like um i do not recommend paying full price for this game if you don't know what it is and if you don't know in advance that you're going to like it it's it's a risky it's a risky proposition so so there you go death stranding um some good music we'll play some of that uh, hey right now in the outro because that's the time that it is folks you have made it through the game bite show games podcast for the holiday uh sorry it wasn't the news but you know it's slow news anyway and you just wanted to hear us talk about some video games so we have it's done true. this we have done this uh but if you have any comments about uh say death stranding if you played it and i'm completely off base we want to hear about that uh, if you have some thoughts about nostalgia games from the 1990s and how well they translate into modern day we want to hear about that uh come at us 
on social media. You can find us on Twitter at GameBite Show. You can also find us individually. I am at Jeremy underscore Lamont. Find me at Legrand. You can also find our podcast and compatriots. Uh, look for Count Elmdor, Dale Jones, Count Elmdor on Twitter. You can also find Jared Red Eye Dunn at R-E-D underscore I. You can find him over at twitch.tv slash GameBite Show. Uh, it's a holiday week. By the time you're hearing this, it's probably done with, and I bet we streamed something. It was amazing. Wasn't it great? So um, good. I can't believe so we played good. that game It was so, so good, and we played it. We played the heck out of it. Uh, so subscribe to us on twitch.tv so that you don't have to buy into this uh, baloney ex post facto uh, advertising for our Twitch TV stream. Uh, you can also find us at youtube.com slash show. Find our website gamebyteshow.com, a link to our Discord server. Freebies are hot right now. Come get in on the freebies. We are exclusively telling you where to find some free stuff on our Discord server, so come join us there. And uh, of course, if you want more podcasts, just stay tuned because we're going to be back at you in just a few days. Until then, this has been your Game Byte Show podcast. Thank you so much for joining us and we will see you next time. See ya.